Driver podcast. I'm James Rea, editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com. I write a syndicated Sunday column for Bay Area News Group, which is the San Jose Mercury and the East Bay Times. My co-host is Bruce Aldrich, a longtime car enthusiast, a videographer and photographer who helps me uh, on many projects we've had over the years in the automotive world. Welcome back, Bruce. How you doing? Good to be here, James. Uh, what are we going to talk about? Let's talk about cars. Let's talk about cars. I can't think of a topic that's any more in the news than alternative vehicle cars, electric cars, hybrid cars, hydrogen cars, you name it, every manufacturer wants to be in on the hybrid car craze, if you will. I don't think it's even a craze anymore. It's gone mainstream. But I guess the major topic is, it's, uh, cars have been around, I think, uh, 1997 is when the Prius was introduced in Japan. A few years later, the Honda Insight, which they used to call the peanut car, was introduced and it hasn't had a great success. They have a new one now. And then, and then the Prius came to the United States in 2000. So it's been around 17 years. They have five or six different versions. But when you, when you get right down to it, hybrid cars are still only selling about 3% of the cars sold in the United States. So I thought a good launching point would be, why haven't hybrid cars really taken off? And why hasn't the general population come around to this new idea that hybrid cars are you're going to save money, perhaps in the long run, it's better for the environment, and every manufacturer has one now. So, in your opinion, Bruce, um, what, do you, what do you think of the, the hybrid or alternative fuel car industry in general? Hybrid cars, I think they're a stopgap until fully electric cars come along. So, right now, you're part of the development team. I don't see the point of them. You're really, you're just prepaying gasoline. You're getting a little better gas mileage, but you're paying more when you buy the car. So if you want to do that, hey, that's great. You save a little bit of money at the pump, but it takes you every uh, analysis I've seen five, six plus years to get your money back. Okay, so you're a member of the public and your neighbor has a, a Toyota Prius V, the, the new one that's, uh, that's spacious and I, I drove it to LA and back. Um, and I drove it on the tour, to Tour California bike race. I drove it, what, 1,600 miles, and I got 58 miles to the gallon. And it never hesitated. It never uh, threw me a curve in terms of the operating procedure or, or anything like that. And I thought, boy, if I was in the market for a new car, I would really consider this, except for the point that you just made. It's five or six or $7,000 more than a car that might get 45 miles to the gallon and I wouldn't have to worry about um, the longevity of the battery or other issues that come up with hybrid cars and so what you're saying is that if you if you're concerned about gas mileage and that sort of thing that there are still plenty of um, gas fueled cars that do quite well and just don't worry about buying a hybrid car until until there you, you get an electric car then you're paying nothing for your for your fuel, so to speak. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait. Someday there'll be a, a Chevy Bolt that will maybe be economical and get a decent range over 200 miles. Yes. And something like that will work. Do you think that uh, we, we both saw the Chevy Bolt at the last year's uh, LA Auto Show in November 
and a lot of advertisement for 238 miles uh, on a, on a, on a uh, full range, right? And so you have a, a residence in Truckee and you could drive that car from Sacramento and back in theory without worrying about it. So is, it, is part of it, do you think, the range, what do they call range anxiety or, or is it something else? Well, I don't think I could. I, I'd be. I could. I would be anxious. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go 200 miles on that thing. And they don't recommend that you do go 200 miles on them. They they don't want you to fill them up to the top, and they don't want you to completely discharge your battery. So you're talking in real, real terms. You know, 140, 150 miles between charges. And that's what they do with Teslas. You don't you don't run them dry, and you don't run them. You don't, you don't fill them up full, you only go to about 80%. That's how you keep the battery life up. Otherwise, if you're discharging them, you're, you're going to seriously destroy that battery. So the range that they're promoting, I, mean, I remember I drove one of the first uh, electric cars, the Mitsubishi uh, MIEV, which was a complete disaster. And it, it was advertised as having a 78 mile range. But once you get on the freeway and you go 60 or 65 miles an hour, for every one mile you drove, the range came down three miles. So basically, it was like you know 30 mile range if you're going at highway speeds, and it was a disaster. So maybe what you're saying is is that if a car, if the Bolt is advertised at 238 uh, on its range, that that's that's true, but it's not a practical range. Correct. It's yeah. not practical at all. Remember your old walkie-talkies when you were a kid and, sure. and it said one mile range? Mm -hmm. What they really do? They did about 100 feet. Yeah, that's right. Your cell phones, that, uh, especially the earlier cell phones, that would be battery life of like six, seven days. Well, guess what? They, you know, if you, if you talked on the phone, they're, they're down to two or three days. Right. Nowadays, modern ones are, uh, you know, they're really computers. You gotta, you're, most people are charging them every night, right? Pretty much, yeah. And the other part of it is that, you know, if you take something like the Chevy Bolt, and let's just say for round numbers it's a $40,000 car, and you get $7,500 back from the federal government, and in California you get $1,500 back, so it brings it down to a $31,000 car, or maybe, maybe it's not quite 40, and it brings it into the high 20s. Do you think people uh, in general, um, are buying so buying that incentive, or you think people are still saying, "No, that's not for me. I, I don't. You know, it's just not something I want to even deal with." I think it's for people who are trying to save the planet, because still, it's a car that has extreme limitations compared to gas ones. Yes. So unless you have money to have a car sitting around that you can't use most of the time, or you're Maybe you never drive anywhere. Okay, if you just stay in town all the time and you drive your five miles to work every day, that's fine. But if you're driving to work five miles, maybe you should be on a bicycle. You shouldn't be in a car anyway. Well, that's a really good point. A lot of people would never do that, but I think that if you're, if you're really concerned about the environment... Then right, take a bus. Take a bus or, or, or ride your bike or, you know, there's lots of other alternatives. Um, but the, the, the part of the whole equation is there's some companies like I remember going on a, a, a car function where I drove a, Cad, a Cadillac Escalade hybrid, which was you know fairly ridiculous. Uh, the, the hybrid version got like 16 miles to the gallon, so it didn't make any sense. And I think you know some of the companies are do, just doing it because the other guys doing it. I mean the, all the Lexus SUVs now are in hybrids. The Lincoln. Well, I did drive a Lincoln. In, it was forty-one thousand dollar car recently that 
it was the same price as the gas car, the gas version of the same car. So maybe, maybe if other manufacturers follow that, where the, both trims or both varieties of the car cost the same, maybe you can win over buyers that way. So they're, they're being inconvenienced and they have to learn about the car and the hybrid, but they're not paying extra for it. Well, I think the uh, manufacturers are experimenting using us as, as guinea pigs. It's not a viable, as far as I can see, alternative. Why would you want to get that Cadillac Escalade um, hybrid? Not, not, never in my lifetime will I ever own one, no. And, and, so, and of course, then there's the big elephant in the room, you know, the, the, the Tesla. Despite still selling very few units of cars per year, it's in the news every day. Uh, they're still, in my opinion, an elitist car. Uh, and it's been tested as the safest car ever made, but in many ways it's very impractical. And, you know, uh, by and large, it's about a hundred grand car if you get some, some extras on it. And so what are your thoughts on, are your thoughts the same as a Tesla on the Tesla, or does, does Tesla have a, a, a path for the everyday person? Well, their path for the, everyday person is that the new model, the Model 3 that's coming out, but it never met its target, at least so far. Initially it was supposed to be $40,000 and over 200 miles range, and it's turning out that you need to buy a bigger battery pack to get that mileage and, and to get uh, some other more or less basic things, you're up to $50,000. Well, that's better than the $100,000 S, but it's still a long way off to uh, electric car for the masses. Right. The the uh, the Teslas that I see on the road, um, I just can't help but think that it's still a novelty, and that um, it's a it's a show off car, and it's not much more than that. It has great acceleration. I've driven them, and, and it's mind boggling what they've done on on the performance side of the car, but. Um, you know, there's some things it doesn't have. You know, it doesn't have uh, 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 mir mirrors on the, on the visors. It doesn't have cup holders. It doesn't have certain things, I believe, that, you know, every car should have. And yet, um, the, the brand gets so much attention because of Elon Musk. And, and I think he took, you know, very large deposits on the new car that was going to be available. I think $10,000. And he had something like, was it 400000 uh, deposits on that car, and where is all that money? I, I, I just think for some reason that uh, it's not the car that, that some people think it is. Musk is, is like the Pied Piper. He, he knows how to play the media. He knows how to get under people's, they, what, what their soul, their dreams, and you know, he's got a dream, and he's got a vision, and people love that, and so far, he hasn't been uh, fulfilling the dreams, I don't think. But we'll see. We'll see with this new three. Maybe uh, he can start mass producing them how he wants, and the price will come down. But I don't see it. I know that you've been follow following the, the charging industry a lot as well. I, I don't have the same knowledge that you do. But where, where is his, um, his idea to have the Tesla, proprietary Tesla charging stations across the country? And now are there other companies that are buying his brand or uh, his, his brand being absorbed by other brands? How, what, how, where is that, in your opinion, where is the whole charging station uh, industry going? Or where is, it, where is it right now? Well, there are uh, other independents jumping into the ring right now and, and setting up charging stations. 
and I don't know if they're profitable yet, but they're giving it a go, mostly grant money. So they're spending other people's money to try to make a profit. And uh, the Tesla one, I mean, it's a great idea. And he's, he spent a lot of money putting uh, cross-country uh, on the major interstates. He's putting charging stations, and that's great. Um, why he goes his own route and doesn't let you know other other uh, vehicles charge off of his, I don't know. Yeah. What about some of the other industries? Now we have uh, you and I uh, both saw the. I thought it was it's beautiful looking the the Honda Accord uh, hydrogen car. That's that's a new model. I think it's are they 2018s just coming out that we saw. It was a beautiful dark red or maroon color. And we saw the, the uh, manufacturer's rep, and he, he was a pretty good salesman. He was selling us pretty good on that car. I've never seen one uh, on the road yet. I've never heard people talk about it much. But, boy, when he was talking about it, it sounded like a, like a fantastic new car, and everybody ought to go have one. I don't know where the hydrogen stations are where you can get your car filled with hydrogen or if, it's, uh, if the scientists who are experts in the field like it or they just think it's, it's never going to work. What, what are your it's, on that? it's the infrastructure problem again. Uh, the hydrogen cars seemed okay. Yeah. Uh, you got a that's a pretty volatile stuff uh, hanging around in, inside your your vehicle with yeah. you that I don't really care for. But then how how safe is gasoline, right? So um, it's it's the infrastructure and how would it ever get rolled out? You'd have to gas would have to go to you know twenty bucks a gallon before they revert to something like that, in my opinion. How did that guy make it sound so good? What was, what was his, do you remember what his, his deal was? Is that, uh, you know, hydrogen, just wait and see, hydrogen's going to be it, and uh, uh, in five years from now, everybody's going to have one. I mean, he, he was pretty good at what he was talking about. Yeah, I, I didn't understand what he was talking about, to be honest with you, <laughs> other than it was great. It was great. And it, it might be, it might be uh, you know, less uh, pol polluting than gas car, but uh, other than that, I don't, didn't see it had any advantages. Right. Remember a few years ago, we met a husband and wife team in East Sacramento who had, who have still an, an electric car, and we did a video on their, uh, I forgot the name of it now, but it was, uh, she, she drives it uh, every, every once in a while across the, the J Street Bridge in Sacramento, but doesn't take it much farther than that. And I think she said it went about 20 miles on it. And uh, it was a, you know odd looking thing. And, and you see a few of those around town, some of the little niche companies. Um, I read about a guy in San Jose who's just gonna make a hundred of his version of an electric car. Looks like a golf ball. Uh, with, so there's, I guess there's a bunch of different oddball uh, one-offs or limited uh, manufacturing companies. What, what, what do you think about those and have you have you read up on any of those kind of companies? Well, those little niche ones, and, you know, they charge on house current and, uh, you know, they have a top speed of 50 and, and silly things like that, which is fine if, if you don't want to go leave the city and you have a place to charge it when you get to work and that's all you want to do, that's fine. Well, most people don't have an ex extra garage space, nor the extra 10, 12 grand to buy one of these cars and have it sit around and only use it during the, during the week and then they have to have another car and pay insurance on two cars now. A lot of people don't have money to do that. Right. So it's a this garage space limitation and uh, just the there's the cash to buy the things. Right. What was that vehicle that you tested? You test drove 
Um, and you ended up making a nice video of it, uh, the, the car in the LA Auto Show that you and a friend of ours uh, drove around in. I forgot what that was. But that oh, was a, boy. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. This guy was going to save the planet with this thing. It was, it was a three-wheel affair. Three-wheel. It didn't have a steering wheel. It had a tiller in the front. And that thing was barely good enough to get down your driveway uh, to, you know, to get the mail in the morning or something. Yeah. It was, yeah, that one had a top speed of like 45. Just totally a city car, as he would say. Oh, it was a, yeah, it was a safety car, too. It was foam on the outside. That's right. Yeah. And that, that probably will have... Uh, about zero, zero in, yeah. impact on the uh, electric car market. Yeah, and then of course there's the other car that um, that the other guy t t does. It's got what sixty thousand or sixty-five thousand um, reservations for the car that was going to come out, and, and it was also going to change the world. And it's yet to be built. It was going to be seventy-eight hundred dollars and get eighty-four miles to the gallon. And why am I blanking on the name? The Elio. The Elio. Paul Elio. Thank you. And. You know, he's had this project going for five or six or seven years now, and there's delays, and they bought over an old manufacturing plant in Louisiana, and, and now there's lawsuits, and it's they've had all these, um, you know, different experimental uh, prototypes at different shows, and it's just never come to fruition. And now there's lawsuits to get their people's deposits back, so it doesn't appear that that's going to be a viable option either. But he, he was promoting it like another guy was going to change the industry. Yeah, I sat in one of those at the LA Auto Show, and it was just a fiberglass shell with a tube frame thing that looks like a kid built, you know, at a science fair project. It, it was ridiculous. Yeah, they, they did an investigation. Uh, but people want to believe, right? They people want to, believe. People want to get whatever ridiculous claim somebody makes, that's what they want. Right. And then we, on the complete opposite end of that, when we went to the Quail um, last month, we saw the new iteration of the Fisker. Fisker. Remember it was Fisker, Fisker Karma, and now it's just Fisker, or does it have another secondary name to it? I've forgotten. Fisker, Fisker was just what as, they were promoting, yeah. And, and so that was a high-end, was it 100 grand or 150 grand or more? Look like more, and it was bigger than the S. Yeah. Big, long stretch sedan, kind of like the S, but bigger. Bit bigger. Longer. And, and they were talking about that, you know, coming back, it had, it had gone away for a few years. I don't know the inner workings of those company, that company or companies, but they were trying to promote that as a like a almost like a electric electric supercar. Well, it like could it be. be. I don't know what the price would be, but it uh, if it had the performance of a Tesla S and the uh, the fit and finish and the the interior, you know, had the look of more like a we're talking, you know, Mercedes S class quality on yes. the inside. So if it if it's a decent put together right, it it could be a a, a nice option, but you know, for probably the over a hundred and who knows, yes. well over one hundred fifty grand, I'd just be guessing. Yeah. So I guess to, to wrap this up, I think you hit on a key point. You know, until the day comes where uh, it's the price point is good and um, you, you're basically driving a car for free, an electric car. It's it's uh, not inconvenient for you. You you. you could go to Lake Tahoe and back or San Francisco and back and you don't really have to change your thought process on, on going on a vacation for example. Now if you have an electric car and you want to go to Los Angeles you have to have a, a very precise map and know where you're going to stop for lunch or know where you're going to you know, get a cup of coffee or something and get that thing recharged. 
We're, we're no, the other way. You have to know where to get it charged. Right. Then you can have your cup of coffee at that location. That, gotcha. That's right. You said it the right way. Um, so until the day comes where the inconvenience factor is less and the price point is good and um, you can still, you don't have to change your driving habits. That's when you think, and I think as well, that the electric car industry will have an impact on the general public. Is that fair enough? Yeah, exactly. You, you, who, nobody wants to change their habits if they don't have to. And unless an electric car can beat a gas car, why go to it? Or there's some huge uh, economic factor, and there certainly isn't right now. In fact, you're paying more for the electric. Right, right. Well, that about sums it up for the third episode of the Weekly Driver podcast. Don't forget to visit uh, theweeklydriver.com. There's a free newsletter. Uh, don't forget to visit Bruce's website, uh, TahoeTruckyOutdoor.com. writes all about outdoor issues uh, and uh, the expert on the area in which he uh, has a, a residence. And um, look us up next week when we'll be back with episode number four.